1: woke up at 5 a.m. put on my camouflage, wiped off my 243 and fired up my dodge, headed out to my old deer stand back in the pines, gonna get me a ten point buck with a And
0: we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Welcome aboard to our number two of the broadcast. If you're just joining us, we have Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith with Firearm Service Center, live and kicking here into the studio, and we are hoping to answer any of your questions that you might have about firearms in general. We've uh, had calls about some new shotgun loads for coyotes. What the, it's Apex Predator? Is yeah, that what it's Apex called?
2: Apex, and the load is called a Predator. Yep. And um, for those of you who aren't aware of it, we've had substantial changes in the form of shot that we use for a lot of different aspects of hunting. And it's all based on tungsten. Tungsten is a material that is heavier than lead. Um, the, The tungsten super shot, which is what are in the apex shells, um a standard lead load let me see if I can get my data here correct um is like twelve grams per centimeter on the thing that's the physical atomic weight structure of lead that we use in shells now steel, on the other hand, is a eight point two grams per centimeter, so it's much much lighter um some of our different alloys, as we'll go down through, approach that of lead. But the tungsten super shot is 30% heavier than lead. Tremendous kinetic energy. With smaller pellets. Yep. And the load that you're currently shooting turkeys with, those number sevens on the thing, that number seven pellet weighs what a five lead pellet weighs on the thing. So this is the shot that has been adapted, and the the most advanced on this tungsten shot system is the tungsten super shot. um, Commonly referred to as TTS, TTS, no, TSS, tungsten super shot. And Federal is loading it, um, and and several other companies are now loading it. It's horribly expensive, but as far as bone-breaking capability, uh, it's It's the answer um, on the thing now i'm not I'm not strong on it with waterfowl <clears throat> because again the penetration bone breaking capability on the thing is there, but the kinetic energy exertion is not and if I were going to use that duck load, I'd probably go down to something in the neighborhood of number sevens. In order so it doesn't over penetrate. On on the tungsten, you're yeah. talking about. Because they do make duck loads too. Again, you can't afford to shoot them. Yeah, they're super
0: expensive. Yeah, you know, uh, Gary, you and uh, my buddy Bill Evans from Georgia just got back from a waterfowl trip, and you and I were talking in the shop about uh, some of those different loads that cubicles shot, for example, Mm -hmm. for waterfowl, uh, share some of that with folks because it's very interesting.
2: Well, the the shot format that we've got with steel are round BBs. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. They're nothing more than a standard BB, only smaller. Uh, The issue that you have is low kinetic energy because of low pellet density. So you must go with larger pellet size in order to maintain kinetic energy. Uh, and they don't create any tissue damage. So what you're after with the, the load is to break bone. Bone pieces become projectiles within the bird itself. And therefore, um, you get reasonable kill results out of them at close ranges. They're not a long-range shell. Now, to that effect, we've had lots of changes since we had to go to steel shot. We had um, bismuth which is still an excellent material. That's the one I was going to ask you about. I don't hear so much about it anymore. It's very prevalent, and it has actually come down in market price. Um, It's, again, the same basic weight as lead would be. It's malleable. It's a very very good material on the thing. Uh, It's just not as prevalent or or not as inexpensive as steel loads are. Um, Now, we take the steel loads – and we do several things to, in order to try to generate tissue damage. A lead pellet expands on impact. It exerts energy. It mushrooms, same way a high-power rifle bullet does. Even though it's, it's very hard to see, this, this actually occurs when it hits meat on the thing. The energy exertion uh, is what does the, the killing of the bird. Um, and dispatches them very cleanly. So now we take steel pellets so they don't have any energy exertions on a bird, and we've developed several different things within that steel pellet to give it tissue damage rather than ice picking straight through a bird. Number one was Federal's black cloud, and they actually make uh, little Saturn rings on the pellets which act as a cutter as these things tumble as they're going through the air and going through the meat, it it, it generates tissue damage. Um, Winchester is now loading a cubicle shot that they call blindside. That's the
0: one that caught my fascination when we took that load apart and you showed me the components. It's very, very interesting.
2: Yeah, it's shooting basically toy building blocks. One thing, little sw- square cubes. Now they're not perfectly pointed cubes, or they're rounded in nature. But the the effect of getting that tumbling cube in the air is two things. Number one, it produces very nice patterns, very even pattern density. And those tumbling cubes are tissue cutters, and it it does a pretty thorough job. Um, you're talking about Bill Evans. Bill absolutely hates steel of any kind. And we've changed his opinion on it in the last two years hunting in Canada. Yeah. Because it is, it's is—it's a very deadly shell, particularly the range we're shooting up there.
0: Yeah, I've not been fortunate enough to use any of it yet, but hearing you guys that are very uh, accomplished wing shots, in addition to traveling all over the world wing shooting, when it caught your attention, it caught mine. You know, I, I was saying you don't have to hit me in the head to make me come to my milk on that deal, but uh, that that cubicle shot is well, in in a way, it's the old saying: "There's nothing new under the sun." They used to make uh, cubicle lead uh, back in the old days. Uh, I'm talking about decades ago, mm-hmm. and it was it was actually a, a uh, a rage, if you will, for the guys that were hunting quail in Texas in that real thick brush cover where they had to... Mm-hmm.
2: They beat them in uh, spreader loads.
0: Yep. And and uh, uh, to your point, it, it it shocks the bird to death, for mm-hmm. lack of a better way to describe it, which is a very, very good thing, especially they tend to hunt on those roads or senderos uh, down there, and you don't want the bird to flutter down out in that... Uh, cactus and, yeah, and, and thornbrush, snake, brush. snake infested yeah brush. you want to drop them right there and and uh it was interesting I, I got exposed to that you remember bob brister who was the uh gun writer for field and stream magazine yes, for dude. many years i shot in competition with bro- uh bob oh, 20 30 years ago I, I met him at the grand prix of the americas down in in mexico when we were competing there and and um, he said his favorite load uh he was also the uh outdoor writer for the Houston uh newspapers and uh, his favorite load for Quail was actually a twenty eight or four ten with that square shot in it. He said all it takes is one pellet and it's a dead bird and uh they shoot them at close range, of course. Quail are, as most people know, it's most of the shooting's close. I mean it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not involved with any range. Do you foresee a time, perhaps, when they'll be making coyote loads like that.
2: I don't know. I I, I, I don't think so. And it all has to do with pattern capability. Okay. Um, it takes very, very heavy wads to control uh, the pattern spread on both these loads. They use They don't use conventional wads at all. Um, the, the Federal Black Cloud. Uses a wad that is has no splits in it. All right, uh, what it does have is is three pop out wings on the side of the wad that arrest the wad as it leaves the barrel. But in the back end of the wad, which it would encapsulate the powder, it actually forms a parachute. Yeah, as it leaves the barrel. I see. Now those wads will go thirty. Thirty-five yards uh, out of your gun barrel, and you'll find them out there just perfectly bloomed out. I see. But uh, they've done their job as far as creating the the efficiency and pattern. I
0: see. Well, I was just curious if that type of of uh, kinetic energy applied to predators, like we're talking about, wouldn't be a
2: well. We've got a lot of guys that shoot predators with you know heavy goose loads, heavy duck loads, right. On the thing. Um, it would not be my choice because, again, it's steel. Right. On the thing. Steel doesn't have the energy that lead has. Mm-hmm. But finding, finding heavy lead loads, finding a BB and lead is almost an impossibility. Yeah, it's now. a
0: rarity. I've got boxes and boxes of it at the house because mm-hmm. I was very keen on it for geese right. back in the day. in – uh, it was, it was the federal load that I helped federal develop. As you recall, I was working with Bill Seams with federal on the development of the um, copper coated lead, which in the day for waterfowl was devastating. I never will forget. I went from shooting Winchester double uh, X loads, which were all the rage for geese and and big ducks like mallards, and switched over to that federal load. Man, it's it was murder on them. I mean, it was really, really effective. All right, well, I just wanted to run that by you. We've got to go to a quick break here. Again, the number five seven one eighty four eighty four, 571-8484 or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four, eighty four. 444 8484 This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. Lots of really nice listings all over the region. Uh, he's got one big piece of property in particular over in Lewis County kentucky along the river that is a real gem a large piece and uh, it's got all the critters you would like to chase and he's got tons of listings out there you can check them out at m-o-p-h-a-r-t realty.com we're back on jim Strader outdoors gary roman in the studio with us, talking to all things firearms. Numbers 571 8484, 444 8484. Gary, we were talking uh, earlier in the program. We've got youth season coming up. Got
2: that. That was going to be my next step. Yes, here. sir. Um, and I'm not going to push so much on the guns for youth hunters as I am. The optics for youth hunters. Okay. Uh, Very few kids um, have the capability of lining up and regulate a set of open sights on an animal, on a thing. There's too too many things going on involved for an eight, nine, or ten year old kid to be expected to to do everything they need to do for open sight structures. Uh, I'm a firm believer in um, red dot style sites, something that they can very pick up very rapidly, something that has no eye relief requirement on the thing. And uh, it, it, it turns a iffy situation into success. Um, it's not an expensive process to do. But I've started off every kid that's come through the shop and, and for many a years with, with a, a red dot. The
0: eye relief uh, situation you're talking about, I'm very familiar with it, because it is difficult uh, at the moment of truth when a deer steps out to have a child get their head placed on the stock where they can see clearly through the scope mm-hmm. and uh, be able to identify where on the animal they're trying to... Uh, put their shot, and the red dot, explain how it works differently than a regular scope. It has has
2: no magnification. It is a sight, not a scope. And very simply, when you look through um, the rather large tube, and you look through the tube, inside the tube, you have a projected red dot. I use the ones that that are called circle dots. They have a red dot in the center and a circle around them. Which draws your eyes very rapidly to it. Um, it's not a long-range sight system. You know, it, it's something that that's very applicable to uh, good style hunting with a youth, which means 50 yards or under. Right. Um, on the thing, and it's it, it it turns an iffy situation into success.
0: Well, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize there's a peculiarity of the human eye it naturally finds the center of a circle. Correct. It's it's just one of the things that our eyes do, Mm -hmm. and that's the reason you're talking about that circle and then the dot in the center. Mm -hmm. That enables the youth to immediately, through the way their eye actually works, to be able to look through that round aperture, if you will, and look through that. And put that dot right on the deer where they need to strike Mm -hmm. the the bullet.
2: And one of the other things it does, it doesn't matter where in the overall picture that that dot or or circle dot is located, it's still going to be where the bullet hits. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, uh, a child who can't get his head stationary behind the rifle, it doesn't matter. Because the the red dot's still going to be there, the circle's still going to be there, and the shot capability's still going to be there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, We have mentioned this in the past, but it's a great opportunity to do it again, because a lot of folks are going to be taking their first youth to the field, be it father, mother, uncle, aunt, whoever. Please. Equip the child with shooting sticks so they've got a firm mm-hmm. shooting platform. Or if they're shooting out of a tree stand, make sure you got a shooting bar for them to rest that that firearm on to where they they can steady themselves. It's <laughs> the excitement of that situation tends to bring on a lot of muscle tremor from mm-hmm. uh, the excitement of the experience, which causes the uh, dot or the optical. Uh, Radical to jump around quite a bit. But by allowing them to lean it on a shooting stick or, or a gun rest on a stand, you take that out of the equation, mm-hmm. which is very important for accuracy. I'm sure you uh, enjoy my opinion on that because it's it's only uh, the smart thing to do, really. Yeah, some form of rest. Yep. Um, I think we need to mention here um, – the aspect that they're going to see this coming weekend, you're not going to see a lot of deer out in the open fields and, and uh, places that you would normally see them because of this acorn drop that we described mm. earlier in the program. I think we need to encourage folks to understand on the property where they're going to hunt where those acorns are dropping because that's the place, generally speaking, to have your blind or your your uh, tree stand set for this go around for the use. It's going to be a quite different season than we've seen, generally speaking, in the past because of that. Um, I've no doubt that some of the fields are going to green up after this rain, which that could draw them to those uh, food plot type of areas. Uh, we're also going to see on the cusp of this, you're going to see some soybeans sprouting where they've run those fields. Yep, And, buddy, the deer love that little succulent. Uh, spring jump up well, right
2: right now they're looking for anything succulent yes sir the clover is almost gone the alfalfa's almost burned up uh, there there is nothing out there that has a a succulent texture to it
0: absolutely all right folks we got to go to break it's presented by SMI Marine remember you never get soaked at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, the number's 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Gary, uh, we're talking about youth season, which is right around the corner next weekend. Um, we've discussed this in, in previous shows, but again, there's a lot of folks going out there for the first time. What are your favorite calibers for the youth hunters?
2: Depending upon body size, Um, I've gotten to be quite fond of the AR-15 platform guns and calibers on the thing. You're Uh,
0: talking about the ones they're trying to outlaw? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The
2: the adjustability of the stock to a kid. And, of course, they get a little twinkle in their eye just just handling a G.I. Joe-style gun in the first place. Uh lightness of recall, accuracy capability, stock adjustment capability. Uh, there's lots of things that go into the equation. Uh a two hundred twenty three is adequate to kill a deer if you pick the right bullet. And and the, the ammo selection is the key factor to it. Um particularly a bonded core bullet, something that's going to exit the animal, leave an exit wound. Because so that, that in, in a nutshell, that's what creates the issues with the 223. They go in and they blow up, and they don't leave an exit wound. The deer runs off, dies, but you can't find it.
0: No blood trail.
2: No blood trail. So let's let's use a, a pill that's going to exit the animal where you at least have a double blood trail to follow um, on a thing. And limit your shots to, to neck and shoulder shots where it will do the most tissue damage and put the animal down in on the spot. Um, other calibers that come into play, the 6.5 Grendel is a superb cartridge for whitetail, white tail, um, and I don't care who you are, that's a deadly little round. Um, the, the 6.8 SPC, which was developed by the military, that's a 270 caliber round, does a phenomenal job on deer and hogs both, um. As far as recall relationship and everything, that's about it. When you go to a bolt-action gun, uh, 243. If you can find one, or 257 Roberts, Um, 708, particularly with they have a light-load ammunition out for the 708 that makes it excellent. Mm -hmm. The new 6.5 Creedmoor, excellent for both ladies and and kids. Uh, our man, as far as that goes. Well,
0: that's that's the caliber that's all the rage now,
2: isn't it? That is a hot caliber, yes, and it's the reinvention of the wheel. Yeah, like I said before, nothing's
0: new under the sun. Yeah, the, I mean. uh,
2: the Model ninety six Mauser, Swedish Mauser, was in a six point five by fifty five cartridge that was renowned for its accuracy capability and everything else. The Creedmoor is a identical in ballistics to the 6.5 to 55, which came into play in, you know, 1896. So, yeah, we reinvented the wheel.
0: Now, uh, in the AR platforms, you were talking about those bullets. Who makes them and what weight and what do you recommend?
2: Uh, in two twenty three, I like the 60. I think it's a 64-grain Federal Fusion, which is a bonded core bullet. It's not an expensive bullet. Um, there Winchester's got two or three bonded core bullets out there on the thing. Um, Remden has uh, a couple in their um bonded core lock designs. All of them are excellent, all of them will do the job. Um, just stay away from the 55 grain uh standard target or varmint ammunition. Um, they make can make some very dramatic kills on animals but the factor of it is that they're going to penetrate six inches and they're going to hand grenade. They're going to blow all the pieces. Okay. Leaves no blood trail.
0: Yep. Um, while we're on that subject of so-called assault weapons, which is what politicians like to use to get mm-hmm. their foot in the door to take our gun rights away in my opinion. Um, that's a real misnomer because, not only with youth, but in generality, it is by far one of the most popular hunting guns yeah, now. It is for all the reasons you talked about: uh, change platforms, change calibers. You can do all kind of stuff. Yeah. with with those you can AR have, styles, you can have
2: one lower assembly which has your serial number on it, and have five different cartridges. Uh, in favor of the uppers. I mean, you can go all the way up to, to uh, Lord, 450 Bushmaster. Yep. Which is, is a real hammer when it comes to, to game, particularly out to 200 yards. Yep. I mean, it's the same basic power as a forty five seventy. That's
0: a hog-killing machine, yes, buddy. Yes, it is. That's uh, something that's really, really popular down south for mm-hmm. folks that are into this hog hunting in a big way. Uh that's just uh, something that really irks me about. They're talking about assault rifles and Beto O'Rourke. Guys, a whack job as far as I'm concerned. He talk about taking guns away. He doesn't know what type of trap he's stepping into there because mm-hmm. the lots and lots of people revere those uh, AR platform type of guns
2: for personal defense and for hunting. You know, his platform is based not only to eliminate the sales of the guns, but to physically confiscate them or take have a federal buyback on them.
0: Yeah, which is just nothing more than a veiled mm-hmm. gun confiscation program, obviously. And you know, while we're on that subject, I want to remind everyone of something, because this is a big issue, as you know, because of what some of these crazies have done here in the last several years to kill people. But... The Second Amendment did not come from our forefathers to protect our right to have guns for hunting as these liberal folks would have you believe. The Second Amendment was there to enable you to protect your life and property, but most importantly for the populace to be armed in case the government becomes the enemy. Mm -hmm. And when – guys like Beto O'Rourke start to stir this stuff up and talk about confiscating guns. Now you see the reality of why our forefathers felt like we needed to be armed. And that's a long subject, but I just want to remind everybody, the Second Amendment ain't about guns for home protection and hunting. That was their thought process. You can read their papers. I've Done several shows where I quoted their thoughts on it. And uh an armed militia. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we got a caller here question for Gary. Uh don't see the name on the screen, but um uh, Ed. Hey Ed, uh welcome aboard. What have you got?
1: Hey Jim, how are you, buddy?
0: Just fine. Um good,
1: though. To hit on that real uh, real quick, um, absolutely. You know, first of all, there is no such thing as assault weapon. Assault is an adjective. Um, I mean, it's not an adjective; it's a noun or a verb. So that's a total misnomer, anyway. And Beto O'Rourke, as you well know, my opinion of of him um, it is absolutely ignorant, as ignorant as they come. Uh, not only to the Constitution, but as to weaponry and uh, its many uses.
0: Well, I have a hard time uh, listening to someone that uh, at his age and his uh, stature in life that goes around and thinks it's cute to go across the stage on a skateboard. I don't know where that guy's coming from it, on a lot of things. Uh, and,
1: and he's also, uh, uh, you know, he he is a, a kill, almost killed somebody or did kill somebody while drinking or driving. So maybe I'd to concentrate on his problems instead of making up other ones. There you have um, it. But uh, my question was for Gary. Gary, I, I bought a, a 6.5 Creedmoor for my oldest son last year, and, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, the, the optics that came on it are adequate, um, but I've been looking around, and I wanted to get your opinion on these digital scopes that are out there now. Uh,
2: I'm assuming you're talking about the Burris scope in particular? uh
1: I- I have – there's so many different brands out there I haven't really researched. I was going to ask your recommendation mm-hmm. if if you did like that.
2: Most of the digital scopes, you've got two completely different formats on the thing. Most of them are combination night vision. Uh, where they, they have a color image during the day and have night vision capability with them. All right? Okay. The, the Burris scope um, is a combination of digital and – Um, range finding capability which for your Creedmoor would be a real aspect of that unless you're going to throw varmint hunting into the mix where you want the the nighttime capability. So give me an idea of what you're looking for and then I'll try to explain the stuff.
1: Well, uh, that that kind of heightens it up because I I would think that their marketing would include that. Um, Of course, I'm looking at digital ads and not really going into them too much, but Mm -hmm. basically our main hunting is going to be um is going to be for deer,
2: okay for that weapon all right do you, do you want to or have a desire to have it set up for either hogs or varmints at night that's the next
1: well, I actually i think that that's a great idea to have that capability
2: okay the um basically what you're doing with a digital scope is you're looking through a camera on the thing okay No, it is not going to be as sharp and clear. Um or have the resolution at longer ranges as we get out of conventional optics on the thing. And the biggest advantage it has, of course, is the factor that you can record through it and that you have nighttime capability in the, in the things. Now, um uh, most of the ads that you're going to see are, are going to be for ATN products. A-N-T. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. A and T um, product and ATN, ATN, okay. ATN. Uh-huh. Uh, the um, and you have to get a hold of one and take a look at it to understand what I'm talking about here. Back well, when I we were, be my next question. Back? Do when, you have
1: those in your shop? Yes, I
2: do. You do.
1: Yep. Okay, well, I'm down in Jamestown at a fishing tournament uh, all week long, but I'll tell you what, when I get back next weekend after I take the youngest one out hunting, uh, I'll, I'll swing up by there and, and uh, take
2: Okay. Um, we, we'll show you the ins and outs of what's going on and then let you make a decision. Okay?
1: Sounds fantastic. I appreciate it. And great show as always, Jim. We'll talk soon.
0: Thank you, Evan. I, I appreciate it. Steve, we'll be catching up with you, if you'll hold please. we got to do a quick break here numbers 571-8484 1-800-444-8484 this break is presented by SMI Marine go see them they'll get your boat ready for the fall fishing season and or winter if that's your desire got all kind of used boats for sale and of course all kind of pontoon boats bass boats aluminum boats you want it they got it remember you never get soaked by my friends at SMI And we're back with Gary Roman. Again, the numbers here for the rest of this evening, 571-8484, 444 8484 Let's go to Steve. Steve, thank you for hang, hanging on with us. What have you got?
1: Uh, hey, Jim, I just want to tell you I really enjoy your show. But uh, my question for Gary was uh, I've always admired Roy Weatherby and uh, Weatherby rifles, and I just wanted to know his opinion about a 257 Weatherby Magnum uh, as a deer rifle, and is it a, enough cartridge for elk hunting?
2: Yes, and yes. <laughs> the uh, 257 Weatherby Magnum is one of the cartridges that Roy Weatherby made his reputation on, um, in the fact that he used it to kill uh, a couple through polar bears with. Now you take um, an 11 foot tall bear and shoot him with a little bitty ass 25 caliber bullet, and um, he falls over dead. I mean, you know, it's pretty dramatic. Um, the cartridge can be rather erratic on accuracy on the thing. Now you've got two different guns out there that are made in. It. Of course, the 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 standard Mark Five series which is whether it be stock and trade, and then you also have the Vanguard series. Now, the Vanguard series is made by Hawa in Japan. Nothing wrong with the rifle. It's a very good rifle. It's it's much less expensive than the the Mark Vs. But the cartridge is an excellent deer antelope. um, And in the states where it's legal, it will definitely kill an elk. Uh, again, bullet selection's your key factor there. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, um, if I was going to spring for the money, I think I'd go for the Mark V. But uh, I like uh, both of the rifles. I think are good looking, but um, that's what I needed to know.
0: All right, Steve. While we've got you there, Gary, uh, if he's going to purchase one of those rifles. What ammunition would you recommend he feed it at first to, that might help you well, do that process?
2: Weatherby has a large portion of the market cornered on that. They'll make about uh, six or seven different loads for the two fifty seven Weatherby market. Uh, there's very few other bullet manufacturers that are loading ammunition for it. Um, I would look for something that had, again, a bonded core bullet in it, are uh, a swift, um, being the CheyTac base bullet in the thing, and uh, honestly, I don't remember who's making one out there. I do know that ammunition's relatively scarce anymore. Okay. And and by the way, that's probably the most prevalent of all the Weatherby cartridges as far as demand. Okay, Steve. All right. I sure appreciate it. Yes, okay, sir. Brother. you got any questions, give me a call.
0: And I appreciate oh, I your sure kind will. words there. Uh, Gary, muzzleloader season? Right around
2: the corner. Anything new or uh, red the, hot you want the, to mention? Or? One major factor that we contend with every day uh, when it comes this close, um, there are some powders for muzzleloaders that d- deteriorate when exposed to air. And your deterioration factor comes in that you lose your accuracy capability. Uh, in other words, the gun that was shooting last year and shooting inch-and-a-half groups or under, you come back this year and you can't get pie-plate-sized groups out of it, change your powder.
0: That's uh, particularly true with 777, as I recall. Pyradex. Pyradex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the biggest culprit. Okay. Very, very good, sir. Um Anything new bullet-wise that you want to talk about, buzz real
2: quick? No. I mean, they, they've made some some new super long-range projectile structures uh, in a lot of bullets. Most of them are in forty five and made to use um, what we refer, refer to as capsulated loads, including those that are shooting smokeless powder loads in them. Uh, they're using a a, a powder charge. And they're going back to the old Pope rifling-style system where the bullet's actually imprinted with the rifling as it's loaded. And they've got muzzlers out there now that are doing the job at six and 700 yards. Gee whiz, that's unbelievable.
0: Technology, baby. Well, I enjoyed uh, having you on the program as usual. Folks, you can catch up with me during the week on Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook, and you can download my shows on Spreaker. S-P is in Paul R-E-A-K-E-R dot com. Enjoy being with you tonight as always. God bless everybody. Night all.